Welcome back to America's Commercial Real Estate Show. I'm Michael Ball. This segment is brought to you by RedIQ.com. Check it out. They turn data into actionable intelligence for the multifamily world. They're uh, RedIQ.com. Do check them out. Well, today we're talking about multifamily. We're really talking about student housing. Please welcome my next guest. It's Brent Little. He's president with Fountain Residential. And Brent is here with us in Studio One. Thanks for being with us. Hi, Michael. Good to see you again. Um, one of the first things I'd like to uh, talk about with you, and I think our audience is curious about, we're seeing a lot of development for multifamily and, and a lot of development for retail and everything else and, and mixed-use developments uh, around the country. Um, what are you seeing and what are you guys doing related to student housing? In, uh, are you doing a lot of mixed-use in student housing? We are. I think in student housing and in conventional multifamily mm -hmm. housing as well, I think over 50% of all developments these days incorporate some level of, of uh, mm -hmm. retail or restaurants in the mixed-use development as mm -hmm. well. And a lot of that's driven by the cities and a lot of it's driven by just the traffic patterns. Mm -hmm. we're, we're getting more and more urban in the multifamily developments that we're doing and the student housing developments that we're doing. And so if you've got a site that's got 30,000 car trips a day anyway, and you're going to be putting housing there, you want to put retail and restaurants on the first floor as well to capture the economics of that. And Do the students like it? The students love it. Yeah. The students love it. It's, uh, it's a convenience factor. More and more of the developments we're building are not just close to campus, but fall out of bed to campus. <laughs> and so uh, it's a real amenity to have a breakfast place downstairs. Obviously, Starbucks is number one. That's the, that's the golden ticket if you can get them on the first floor of your development. But pretty much all kind of the neighborhood retail restaurants, uh, bars and pubs, of course, <laughs> yeah. uh, and Applebee's is just great for them. They love the happy hours. So. <laughs> I bet they do. <laughs> um, but maybe the parents aren't as concerned about bars and restaurants. What, what are parents concerned about when they visit these mixed-use developments? Is it, uh, is it safety? Is it uh, distance from the, from the campus? or? I think the two things that we price? see, it's <laughs> price is always number one. They have to be able to afford it, obviously. Yeah. But I think what we see more and more is safety and security mm -hmm. uh, for children these days. It's a dangerous world out there, and mm -hmm. we all care about our children greatly. Mm -hmm. And so we have a lot of different systems. Fortunately, they've gotten, with technology, they've gotten more and more affordable and more and more useful, just like we have our ring doorbell cameras on the front of our doors mm -hmm. to see what's happening outside in our security systems inside our homes. We have those same types of safety and security systems within the multifamily development. So you've got access control going into your structured parking garage. You've got it going into the building. You've got it going into the elevator to your floor. You've got it in going all the public areas. You've got it going into your unit and into your individual bedroom. Daddy, and, Dad likes that. And we can track <laughs> exactly the motions of everybody from their key fob 
and we also have high uh, definition cameras throughout the property in all the public areas. So we say, we can't say nothing's ever going to happen here, you can't stop everything. Yeah. We'll say we can stop it from happening twice because we'll know who did it, we'll know who the perpetrators are, and we can make sure that doesn't happen again. So that's number one. Number two is that uh, studies and study lounges and the mm. equipment that we outfit those for. We used to have one little study area, kind of like an office area mm -hmm. over in a corner. Now we'll have multiple different types for different types. You know, we'll have the whiteboard in there where they have a big group session. Mm -hmm. We'll have TVs in there where we can plug in and do their PowerPoint presentations. Mm -hmm. We'll have art rooms. We'll have music rooms. We'll have them on the different levels and in the different parts of the project too, instead of just right there in the leasing office area with printers and copiers and everything else that they need to do their work. Because believe it or not, it's very expensive to go to school now. They come out with a lot of student loans and they need a job. And most of these kids, they really are hard workers and they want to get the job done and they want to graduate with good grades. Okay, so they like to uh, study, and obviously everyone likes security, especially uh, parents. Um, what else do uh, students uh, really care about in, in these, in these uh, student housing developments? I think the fitness facility is the other amenity that's very important still. We had for about the last 10 years what we called the amenity arms race. We had <laughs> uh, virtual golf simulators and climbing walls and all lazy rivers and all kinds of things that were crazy things we were putting into these properties. But uh, the one that continues to be used the most and that we really focus on now is the fitness centers. Um, it's, it's a great amenity. People don't want to have to leave their apartment building to go to work out and come back. That's a real hassle. Mm -hmm. And um, their desire to be healthy and stay healthy for the younger generation is, is very significant. So we have cardio, we have strength fitness, we have yoga rooms, we'll have people come in and teach classes. We'll have virtual classes that they can take on the screens, mm -hmm. very similar to what you'd have with you know, Orange Theory or Peloton or something like that. All of that can be programmed. They can come in at any time and work out with themselves or virtually with a class. Yeah, that's great. So it's uh, not uh, your grandpa's uh, fitness center. No, we don't have that machine that, that wiggles your sides like that. I know, that's funny. Grandma used to use. I remember yeah. those. Um, what are you seeing for uh, demand uh, right now? As, as you look at demand trends overall for student housing around the country, my my daughter has just graduated uh, UGA and and she loves studying and learning. I think she would love to go to graduate school, and she will. Um, but some of her advisors that. Uh, she took advice from said, hey, the job market is so good right now. Mm -hmm. You might want to consider getting a job and then and then going to grad school. So is that impacting uh, the job market, impacting enrollment, or, or what do you see trend-wise? I think right now we're continuing to see enrollments increase. For example, we have a project that we're turning over at the University of Texas at Arlington mm -hmm. uh, in the next couple of months for fall of this year. Mm -hmm. And they have grown over 25% in the last five years. So that's wow. over 5% annualized growth. And they're going to be larger than UT Austin within the next few years. Mm -hmm. And you see that in school after school after school. The largest school in the country right now is UCF, University of Central Florida which for decades was just a little commuter school outside of Orlando. Mm -hmm. So the growth of these major universities is tremendous. It's fed by the demographics that's going into them. 
and also more, it's more and more important these days to have not just an undergraduate degree, but a graduate degree. Mm -hmm. And that's affected the type of product that we're building. We're building more efficiencies, one bedrooms, two bedrooms. Instead of we used to build just all four bedroom units uh, that were really almost dorm style. And we don't really do that anymore. The last few projects we built, over 50% of the units are one, twos, and threes to attract more of the graduate students, and then maybe they'll stay there when they transition from being a graduate student in and out of the workforce. They don't have to leave. It's a community for all. Yeah, well, that's interesting. And and you said earlier, building a lot of developments that are more urban and, and infill and, and kind of in downtown and busy areas and, and sometimes busy streets. So uh, are, are you seeing the tenant mix in your student housing adjust because of that? We are. Uh, we've got a project that we have planned right now in Clemson, South Carolina called Dockside, which is really a com as much of a conventional project as it is a student project. Mm -hmm. It will have two large restaurant spaces overlooking the lake. It's got eight retail spaces right on Tiger Boulevard. Mm -hmm. And of course, we'll have students there because, because it's Clemson, South Carolina. Mm -hmm. But we also have a, more than 50% of the unit mix is one, two, three bedrooms because there's been no new housing built within that marketplace for anyone other than students in the last decade. And it's a great place to live. And we see that more and more that all of these great college towns are also great places to live. Anytime you look for great places to retire, about 70 or 80% of those are college towns, right? Yeah. It's Madison, Wisconsin, it's Austin, Texas, it's Clemson, South Carolina. So you can go, you can live there, you can enjoy the great you know, Southern lifestyle mm -hmm. and go to a football game too, or a soccer game or whatever your, your predilection is. So yeah. it's a great lifestyle, whether you're a student or not. So we're starting to build communities which afford an opportunity for both. Yeah, well that's fantastic. And, uh, and Brent, homeless is something uh, a problem that we look at in a lot of the major cities and maybe all, all places around the country. Is it something that uh, you guys are also dealing with when it comes to student housing? It, it is. There have been several studies by uh, Sarah Goldrick Rapp, who is at Temple University, in the last few years that's drawn attention to this. And we at Fountain Residential and a lot of our friends in the business have started taking a harder look at this mm -hmm. on how to address it because the studies show that about one in six students through their undergraduate career are going to be homeless or have housing insecurity at some point in time. Mm -hmm. But they don't call it homelessness because that has a negative connotation. Mm -hmm. So we've coined the term dormlessness because then you know exactly <laughs> yeah. who this person is. Yeah. It's a young kid going to school, but they don't have a place to live. Yeah. And it's unfortunate circumstances. They've lost their job or in many instances, it's, uh, it's someone who's been in the foster system, but they've mm -hmm. aged out of that and now they don't have a foster family anymore to take care of them. Mm. And so there's lots of good places for us to take care of people that can get a meal. Meals are five or $10 at a time. We've got a lot of great resources, especially in urbanized areas, to take care of that. But housing is a very expensive proposition. So we're working with the colleges and universities and the markets that we go to, and also talking to our friends in the industry and our property managers about doing the same thing because that, that's a huge issue that it's great if you can get into school, you can get a scholarship, Pell Grant, student loans, but if you can't get out of school because you're hungry and you don't have a place to live, 
it didn't really matter that you got in. We've we got to get them through. And right now, studies are showing only 20 to 30 percent of those that have those kinds of scholarships are making it through because they aren't having, they have the housing and food insecurity that we need to deal with. Yeah, well, that's a good point uh, to think about, too, because you, you might have a, a scholarship to pay the tuition and things, but you still got to live, right? right? You still got to live somewhere. You still got to eat. And, and it's becoming uh, more and more expensive uh, to do that every day. Definitely. Well, thanks for what you guys do uh, there, Brent. That's uh, great you guys do it. And thanks for being on the show. Thank you. Good to see you again, Michael. All right. You too. And uh, thanks for joining us around the world, around the country. Uh, let us know what you think. Uh, please uh, connect with us on LinkedIn. We're on Twitter. Uh, we're on Facebook. Uh, and uh, connect with us. And we appreciate you sharing this show. And until next week, be sure that you always lead, learn, and laugh. And join us for America's Commercial Real Estate Show. America's Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you by Bull Realty. For customized asset and occupancy solutions, visit bullrealty.com. Commercial Agent Success Strategies, incredible training for commercial agents. Visit commercialagentsuccess.com. Red IQ, turning multifamily data into actionable intelligence. Visit rediq.com.